What's up, everybody? It's Austin Rivers from the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's a new year, and I have a new podcast here at The Ringer, Off Guard, hosted by me and my guy, Pasha Hagigi. Austin and I go way back and talk so much hoop already that we figured it was time to fire up the mics and let you in on all of these conversations. Every week, Pasha and I will hit on the biggest stories happening in the league and get Austin's perspective of someone currently hooping in the NBA. Tap into Off Guard every Friday on The Ringer NBA show feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Ringer Gambling Show, presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back, and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like 3-Minute Markets, and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus, and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler and visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Happy Valentine's Day, one and all. Welcome into East Coast Bias. Boys are back. Raheem Palmer, a lot richer. Joe House, hopefully in one piece. John Dostrevsky, what else is new? Licking his wounds. But hey, I'm still in Arizona right now. So in that regard, guys, it could be a lot worse. How are you guys doing on this fine day? House, Raheem, what's your boys? I mean, life is good. We cashed out on that Super Bowl. For those of you who've been following me on Twitter, I gave out the Chiefs plus 400 live, so we're really happy to cash that one. I mean, so it's, it's, it's been a good weekend. JJ, it's it's all love. I mean, that was uh, a Super Bowl that delivered the goods. Uh, it was as razor thin as we kind of forecasted. We did have the two best teams. Amazing performance by both teams. I know that there's, you know, quibbles over the the call at the end of the game, but, um, you know, that, that, that's the way the, the oblong ball bounces is the way I would say it. Um, and you know, just, just sad to see football go, but man, the NBA is heating up, buddy. You ain't kidding. And we'll get to the big Kevin Durant trade. We have not been on as the three of us since that Durant trade went down, but I am going to lick my wounds a little bit on this Eagle game because listen, you nailed it house. This was an evenly matched Super Bowl. Both teams were terrific. Both quarterbacks offensively were terrific. My biggest disappointment from a Philly perspective, they did not get to Mahomes at all in this game, guys. And I know they were complaining about the turf and who knows if that was an issue. But I looked at this matchup and figured that Philly would have far more success getting to Patrick Mahomes to be honest, Raheem, Jalen Hurts played better than I thought he was going to play in this game. Outside of Jalen Hurts and that fumble and that gift and giving Kansas City seven points, he was phenomenal. I mean, he made every throw. They attacked the Chiefs down the field. And look, I don't want to sound salty, but I'm going to sound salty. That's fine. I am annoyed that we were not delivered the ending we should have gotten in that particular game. Because they're letting it go for three and a half quarters, House. That's my issue. By letter of the law, is that a flag? Yes. I've watched it back now. I acknowledge that. I own that. I'm being fair about that. 
They didn't call it in the first quarter. They didn't call it in the second quarter when Bradbury basically mugged Juju Smith-Schuster and the whole Chiefs sideline is yelling and screaming for a flag. They don't call it then on third down, but then with the game on the line, they, they want to get involved. That sucks. Give credit to the Chiefs. Mahomes is great. Reed is great. They're all-timers. They're Hall of Famers. But House, that ending sucked, man. It sucked. It's unfulfilled. Yeah, so I would say two things. First, with respect to that that call by the refs, I feel like we are getting incrementally closer to more and more involvement from the league office. We saw over the course of the season different moments where the league office would call in on different games, you know, during the regular season and pretty clearly kind of reset the course, help the course. I, I do feel like maybe that particular moment could have been one where the league office called down or like, look, it, you, we understand why you 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 threw the flag. We're gonna say you know no foul here. We're just gonna play it out. And they 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 now have the technology. The two things technology and innovation wise that I'm looking forward to the league office having more prominent involvement because you need somebody that is dispassionate, not on the field, sitting at the fifty thousand foot level, mindful of game situation, mindful of the circumstances, that has the capacity to use their judgment and discretion. And I, I swear we saw that some during the course of, of the season. But the other thing that I feels like we're getting closer to is the chip in the ball. I mean, it was a revelation this season that there's a tiny microchip in the football. Can we finally get down a distance right? Can we get the 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 yardage uh, marker? Like the ball does it does it actually uh, on running plays at the end zone? Does it does it cross the line? Like it feels like we we'll get you know technology wise a little bit closer on both of those fronts. But JJ, to your original point on Philadelphia not getting any pressure, um, nobody nobody gets pressure on Patrick Mahomes. He is the least sacked quarterback in the NFL, and it's by design. He gets rid of the ball fast. The Chiefs offensive line is extraordinary, and they game plan in a manner to keep him protected. So I was not that surprised that that uh the Eagles now I would say it seemed likely they'd get at least one sack somewhere. And I had a Fletcher Cox prop that I lost a, a, on that, but um, just sort of by, by design chiefs chiefs, the, the teams have the least amount of success converting pressure into sacks against the chiefs over the course of the whole season. So that's part of the reason when I was sort of calculating how I wanted to handicap the game that I like that chief situation. You know, when I first watched the game, I said, you know, this is a horrible way to actually end the Super Bowl. But when you really think about it, you know, like, J.J., you mentioned the the, the non-pass interference call in the first half. That caused the Chiefs to punt. So, I mean, if you don't give the Chiefs this one, you're basically, you know, you're basically still in this game from it. You're, you're basically stealing, you know, either, you know, four to ten points away from the Chiefs in this spot. And, you know, one of the things I remember from this season is that there was a pass interference call at the end of the Commanders versus Giants game. And it was blatant, and they didn't call it. So it's just like, you know, us fans are fickle. We want to see the dramatic, and then we want to see these guys decided on the field. But you can't decide on the field if a guy is blatantly holding. And, you know, Bradbury admitted, I I grabbed this jersey. And, you know, that was a big part of, you know, him being able to just stay with um, him in that in that situation. Now, I know Mahomes overthrew him. I think they got to do something about that in terms of the uncatchable ball, but it was holding. So um, I'm not too mad at it. It's just it, it did deflate the game a little bit, but it was the right call at the end of the day. And then when you when it comes to this Eagles defense, I mean, this Eagles defense was absolutely abysmal. When you look at what the Chiefs did in the, in the second half, zero penalty penalties, zero punts, zero sacks allowed, one incompletion. There was nobody on the Eagles team which made a play all day. And the most surprising thing for me is how well the Chiefs were able to run the ball. I mean, those of us who, you know, we are East Coast biased. We saw the Eagles with Andy Reid. They don't like to run. the. They never ran the ball. So for Andy Reid to, you know, commit to the run, um, Isaiah Pacheco, um, 15 carries, 76 yards. I mean, I think that said a lot about Andy Reid's game plan and what the Chiefs did. So, I mean, you got to give kudos to them. It was a brilliant game plan. I don't know how many times they ran that play in the flat. It felt like it was open uh, again and again and again at the goal line. Sky Moore, Kadarius Toney. That punt return was obviously massive. And listen, Andy Reid 
and Biennemi and that offensive coaching staff, with the help of the best quarterback on the planet, ran circles around the Eagle defense. That is a major part of what happened here. I don't like the ending, but that's the story for a different day. Okay, guys, looking back on it now, House, isn't it crazy to think about the fact that we could have gotten the Kansas City Chiefs at the beginning of the year at such a juicy price to win the Super Bowl? They were plus money to win the AFC West. Like, you think back on what so many of the the preseason narratives were for the Chiefs. How are they going to look without Tyreek Hill? Are they going to be able to win their division? Has Kansas City's time come to an end? Like, in what was supposed to be maybe a retool year for the Chiefs, Mahomes says, no, 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 no. We're, we're winning the whole damn thing. That's what we're going to do. So I, I feel like how's from our perspective, kind of missed the golden opportunity to cash in uh, we are not going to get the Chiefs at that good a number again. No, for the, so the Chiefs have put us all, all on notice. It's a until proven otherwise situation with them for the foreseeable future. As long as 15 is upright and has both legs and at least one of them works, until proven otherwise, you got to roll with the Chiefs. Now, I did cash the Chiefs winning the AFC West. I was like, plus money? Okay, that was a future that I had for yeah, this season. Yeah, we like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't bet them for the for the Super Bowl, but I did bet them to score the most points over the course of the regular season. That was a cash as well. Like it just felt like we were underestimating, undervaluing, uh, and maybe overinflating the Tyreek Hill impact. So I always believed in, in, in the these Chiefs, and they delivered over the whole course of the season. Yeah, I know for me, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I kind of bought into the hype of the AFC West. Um, we saw this Chargers team. I mean, a lot of us had, you know, Justin Herbert futures. We had Chargers futures. And then when you look at the, the fact that, you know, Russell Wilson was coming into the to the division and then you had a Raiders team, which was stacked with weapons, it just felt like, you know, this was going to be a step back here for the Chiefs. And... I was completely wrong about it. I mean, I just, I really thought that division was going to be better and it turned out to be one of the worst divisions in football. So um, that was one that I just, I got, I got completely wrong to be honest with you. <laughs> well, apologies all around. Apologies yeah, fair, all around, though, Dream. The thing that you look at is what, what, what showed itself pretty quickly. There was the, the, the gulf between the coaching matchup. One, yeah. one adult in the room, Andy Reid, a true mastermind, and then three dummies. And that that was really the That's biggest difference. That's a great difference. point, yeah, right? <laughs> That's a fabulous, fabulous point because you had the Raider coaching situation. Let me tell you, being on Radio Row, that was my common takeaway. Everyone I talked to absolutely detests Josh McDaniels and makes me think that much <laughs> worse about the Raiders going into next year, which is a story for a different day. You had Hackett, who was completely in over his head. And I don't think anybody in the Ring of Gambling show on the East Coast bias is going to be waving uh, Brandon Staley pom-poms. I know the football nerd's house may like Brandon Staley. This troika can't stand Brandon Staley. So, yeah, Andy Reid compared to those other three, yeah, I think you got a major leg up. And the, the wild thing matter. is the, the football nerds don't even like Brandon Staley anymore because he doesn't even play football nerd football anymore. Like, he got bullied out of, like, going forward on fourth down now. So he's just now, he's just a bad coach and a man without a country. Well, you oh, man, it is without funny. A country. I like we'll, that. We'll have the opportunity. I got a uh, early look at some of the futures. The Chargers once again completely overvalued in my in my oh, good. estimation. I, I see. It, I like was insane. I'm numbers. glad you said that. When you said the Chargers house, I was going to be like, friends don't let friends bet the Chargers to win the Super Bowl. I was not going to let you do that under any circumstance, dude. I don't care what they do in the offseason. I know. It's a preposterous number. As long as Brandon Staley is the coach, you have to fade them. You, you, you really don't have a choice. All right. So you mentioned those futures for next year. I have in front of me. I'm going to read a few. The way too early look for 2024 when we don't even know what the offseason address that even going to look like. Let's we'll go. have it next. Spring is here, and you can now get almost anything you need for your sunny days delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a well-groomed lawn delivered, but you can get a chicken parmesan delivered. A cabana? That's a no. But a banana? That's a yes. A nice tan? Sorry. Nope. But a box fan? Happily yes. A day of sunshine? No. A box of fine wines? Yes. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol in select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. All right, 
We got the odds to win the Super Bowl, fellas. It's way too early. We don't know what the hell this offseason's going to look like. We're just kind of speculating. That's what we do on this show. Raheem, here are the odds. House, here are the odds. I'll give you a bunch. Kansas City's 6-1. to one. Buffalo, plus 850. Eagles, plus 900. Bengals, Niners, plus 900. All right, now we have a drop-off. Dallas is 15 to 1. Ravens are 16 to 1. The Chargers are 20 to 1. Jacksonville, Detroit, the Jets, all 25 to 1. The Rams and Miami, 30 to 1. Raheem, this is not an official pick. We are spitfiring here. Anything catch your eye way too early, buddy? The one that catches my eye and I feel weird saying this, but I think I'm going to go with the Detroit Lions. Like, I mean, Ooh. when you look at, yeah, when Ooh. you look at this Detroit Lions team, what did they do last year? I mean, they really kind of underperformed. I mean, they started the season one of six and won eight out of their last 10 games to almost make the playoffs. And so I just, I just think this team, I mean, they're putting something together special. I think this number is going to drop at some point. So I think that that's where some value is right now. Yes. As soon as the division numbers come out, I, I and I'm sure that this is going to be very popular. So we're not really going to get much value. But as soon as we see a division number on Detroit, I'm in and I'm in I'm in heavy. I, I mean, I, I love them winning the NFC North this upcoming season. And I don't even really think it's going to be particularly close. The one thing that they have to figure out in this offseason is some help in the secondary. I mean, the, the, you can't just let teams throw the ball however they want uh, anytime you go up against a, a, a medium to, to decent quarterback. Interesting. You guys are buying the lines. Um, I, I'll give you one I like. Not a lot of value. And then I'll give you one I think there's a little more. Baltimore, assuming they bring Lamar Jackson back. And I know that you're out. Wow. House already giving me... Why? House, their defense is awesome. JJ. That's a full of shit team. We keep watching <laughs> every year, dude. Every year. Pass is like, I've been there, bro. Been there, start done that. I'm out. Go back and look at the moves that they've made since Ozzie Newsome resigned as, as the general manager. Just track this DaCosta dude and what, they, what they've done. Lamar's one thing. Where's the talent at the receiver position? You can't put the 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 tight end in in the slot or, or wide receiver one and and expect to have success in the modern NFL. And they keep doing it, and they keep doing it, and they keep treating the wide receiver position. The goddamn league is a passing league. It's a I league, understand that. And, and and this team thinks that they're going to run the ball uh, to to great success. It's a full of shit team, as far as I'm concerned, for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I'm, I'm with House. I'm with, I'm with House on this 100%. What about the injuries at wide receiver for them, though? And what if they go and make a move and get a wide receiver? That defense is unbelievable. You can't have your whole season depend on the health of Rashad Bateman. That, that's, that's fair. That's, that's, that's bad fair. planning. You have to have receivers in this league. And they have built the team around the tight end. They've built the team around Lamar Jackson. The issue has been Lamar Jackson actually playing football, too, which you haven't seen a whole lot of. The end of the last couple of years. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. I just like that defense. And if they ever figure it out, I saw that defense shut down Cincinnati and that opened awesome. my eyes in the postseason. Awesome House defense. is like, no way. Yeah. Don't do it. All it right, was Raheem. awesome. I mean, we we cashed tickets on, on Baltimore in that game. You know, uh, the, the Bengals were favored by too many points in that game. That was a coin flip game. The the coin flipped when, when you know, the backup quarterback that is, you know, the ultimate backup quarterback put the damn ball over the goal line and had it smacked away. Backup quarterback mistake. What are you going to do? The other one I'm looking at, Raheem. I know. JJ's got the teal and orange pom-poms. 31 for the Dolphins? That's not a bad number if Vic Fangio comes in and gets that defense to the next level, dude. 31's a good number. I I'm not that mad at it. I mean, the way they perform offensively, um, I was impressed with them at times. And then even, you know, they, them going into Buffalo and making that a game, um, I think the second year with Mike McDaniel and Tua, I mean, if he could stay on the field, I, I, I kind of like this one. I'm, that's I'm the million-dollar question, right, House? That's that's what I'm betting on, which I know is a big if, but he could ball when he's out there. That's what he showed me last year. I was so eager to get it out, I, couldn't, I almost couldn't give Dream a, a, a turn at, at the <laughs> mic. Uh, 
my question is, who's playing quarterback for the Miami Dolphins? Because if, if you can tell me that answer, if you could tell me who will play quarterback, say, for 12 games, uh, and it's somebody that I trust, then that number's fantastic. Because I do agree that on both sides of the ball, that team, you know, it was, it was a, a, ni- a nice revelation. They have uh, assets on both sides. They're, they're formidable. The only thing that's a bummer for them is their division got good all of a sudden. I mean, the, the worst team in that division now is, is the Patriots, uh, which is a, a, a tough road to hoe. But I need to know who's playing quarterback for Miami. I, I'm going to knock on wood. I swear to God, I root for this kid, for Tua, to remain healthy. I, I think he has a, a problem that goes beyond football. I think he needs to make a life decision about what's in his own best interest. You can't take that number of concussions that he's had and and say that this, you know I have a career path here where I'm going to be able to protect myself against that because he he hasn't shown the ability to do that. So I'm rooting for him. I don't want any bad things to befall him. I just don't think he's going to play quarterback for the for the Dolphins for the majority of the games. And I don't think he's going to play quarterback in this league for very long. House out on Miami. All right, House. Is, is there one that you have your eyes on? I know it won't be Minnesota at forty to one. How about oh that? God. Minnesota wins 13 games and they have 40-1 to one to win the Super Bowl the next year. Enough said. Everybody knew. I, I honestly like the Bengals. I mean, I think a Bengals-Eagles Super Bowl would be great. The only reason to fade the Chiefs in, in, in that context is, you know, shit happens. You know, so, you know Mahomes gets, a, gets a, the other an- ankle dinged or something and they, you know, lose a playoff game because we saw, you know, there's too much that they have to play Chad Henney for a half or something. Something done ha- happens in football. So sitting here right now, I think the Bengals are, are absolutely loaded on both sides of the ball. They are step for step, pound for pound right there with the Chiefs. They showed it once again. And I, I really like, you know, what, what they have going there. And then the Eagles, I mean, who's going to make the case? They, they have their own sort of situations to figure out personnel-wise, some free agency guys and some extension stuff. I think they're going to figure it out. I think we I, we can trust Howie at this point. So I love the Eagles getting back there. I got two I need to throw at y'all. Let's hear them, baby. The New York Jets, who are a quarterback uh, out, away. Out, 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 out. Raheem, everything you're about to say is fair, is reasonable, is accurate. And I get exactly where you're going. They go and get Aaron Rodgers, the defense, the, the, the weapons. I'll tell you why I'm out. One, I don't trust their head coach. He's too nice, and I think that's problematic. He wants to be everybody's buddy. The other reason I'm out, it's the Jets. <laughs> Case closed. <laughs> it's the Jets. Until I, in my lifetime, I have never seen the Jets in a Super Bowl. Forget about, forget about going winning the Super Bowl. Go to the Super Bowl. You everything you're about to say is good number, value. They'll win a lot of games. They'll be in the playoffs. I easily could see them in the playoffs. It's the Jets. I'll remind you of that, and I will remind you of that all year. It's the Jets. House J- JJ, I- I'll let Dream make make the case, but you, I wasn't even, I wasn't gonna make the case. I mean, I think you made the case. <laughs> And, you know, made a rebuttal. I got in too the same excited sentence. when you said Jets. Yeah. When you said <laughs> so, Jets, I got too excited. Uh, I, I, I just wanted, I wanted to throw two at you. So, I mean, I had the Jets. And what do you guys think about the Jaguars? Sure. Yeah, for sure. The Jaguars are legit. That That's a team that really only beat itself down the stretch. They were absolutely in that game against the Chiefs. Uh, and... You know, that's that stretch run that they went on where they were basically from week 18 on was a playoff game. That was the maturation of Trevor Lawrence. I mean, we we made the joke five million times already, but I'll make it five million and one. The the horny Urban Meyer experience was a wasted year. It was probably a full like setback year. It was probably worse than than him not having a head coach at all, having that that dipshit, you know, with the blonde in his lap, uh, you know, as the titular head coach. Um but look, man, they brought in uh, a, a great head coach, a quarterback whisperer. And, you know, if, if the fortunes reside with Trevor Lawrence, they also made great investments on the offensive side. They showed a willingness to spend money. Congrats to the cons. I, I, I like Jacksonville. Raheem, I love it. And that leads me to my MVP bet. Because oh! it's very much in line with what you just said. 16 to 1. On my dude Sunshine House to take the next step with Dougie P to go and win MVP. I saw that. 
Uh, I am in the great state of Arizona where these options are at my disposal. They are not, unfortunately, in the state of New York, which is absolute bullshit. I'll just throw that out there. <laughs> but 16 to 1 house on Sunshine as next year's MVP. You got to like that, huh? I wish it was 20. I would I would fire if it was 20. 16 just feels a little too tight. That's all. I wish it yeah, was 20. Yeah, 16 feels really low. I'm surprised it's that low. So, I mean, a lot of people must be buying into, you know, Trevor Lawrence and Dougie P. Well, I think the problem with these MVP bets preseason is that everybody gets in on the quarterbacks. That's it. Like, yeah. And the history of the award kind of tells us that a quarterback is probably going to win the award. So, every quarterback is probably unfairly priced. And should be a couple of notches below even the great ones. Like even Allen is probably too overpriced and Burrow is too overpriced and uh, Mahomes is probably too overpriced. But hey, that's that's the way the cookie crumbles. I won't be able to get that ticket in New York. So at least I Brock have it. Purdy is you know? 25 to one and he's going to have Tommy oh. John surgery. Like that's how bad this market is right now. <laughs> I just want to throw this out there. Funny story from this week. So as you guys know, Daniel Jones comes on the pot every week and you know, at the beginning of the year, everyone's like, JJ, Daniel Jones, this, what is, what is this going to end in week eight? What are they going to have Tyrod Taylor out there in week 10? So I, I see one of his agents, great guy, the great Steiny, who also represents a guy by the name of Trey Lance. So I'm at a, a shindig on Thursday because I want to, I want to introduce you to someone. So Trey Lance, great guy. He's got this wonderful, grateful dead shirt. It's all tie dye. I'm giving him all sorts of compliments on it. And guys, I'm a, I'm a couple of cocktails deep. And I said to him, I go, you know, Trey, you know, last year we had a much maligned quarterback on our show. You know, guy, I, I didn't say much maligned, but I said, you know, uh, quarterback, a lot of people were doubting. I gave him a little, a little voodoo. I gave him a little magic house. Worked out pretty well for him. Maybe I, I gave him a little voodoo on that knee, man. Maybe I got to go and buy a Trey Lance MVP ticket. Maybe I got to do it, man. Well, I, I'm sure there's good odds on that. I mean, if he's on the list, it's got to be at least 40 to 1. It can't be any better than that. Uh, it's probably more than that. It's probably like 100 to 1. Yeah, it's, probably, it's 50 exactly to 1 right. at FanDuel right now. 50. There you go. That makes perfect sense. What team is he going to be on? We assume he'll stay with San Francisco, right? They're going to yeah, I think he'll, he'll be with San Francisco. Having an open competition, especially open competition. with Purdy coming back off Tommy John. I mean, to me, you let both of those guys fight it out. You say, okay, best man win. And uh, at this point, to Raheem's point, Brock Purdy would be the guy, obviously. I want to ask Dream, you have the numbers up in front of you. What's Lamar mm -hmm. Jackson sitting at? Lamar Jackson is 16 oh. to 1. Ah, uh, see, that, that that would be my hedge, JJ. That's how I would hedge the fullest shit Ravens. Because oh, I, I, I was if very the number confused was better. there. You just destroyed it's a bad the number. Ravens. I don't, and I'm like, he's investing in Lamar Jackson MVP odds? <laughs> well, they have to get that contract done. And if they get it done and he's he, he's due for some injury success, you know, or the uh, the previous two seasons, he's had injury bad luck. So he, there's a little regression if you want to look at it. But 16 to 1 sucks. I'm not doing that. I'm yeah, out. I don't like that number either. I mean, we don't know where he's going to be playing. We don't no. know if he's going to be franchise. It's it just, it's too many factors right now. He's going to miss at least four games anyway, but who knows? Maybe that'll be enough to get the Ravens in the playoffs and I actually have a future going. All right, but that was a lot of fun. We'll probably look back on this conversation in July and hate everything we just said, but hey, that's what happens when you talk in the futures market two days after the Super Bowl. The boys have not been on together since the Durant bombshell, which I was in Phoenix for. So uh, we have some thoughts. And to me, there's a market. Raheem and I talked about this the other day. That's a little too off base. All right, that's coming up next. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. So, House, you'll enjoy this. Wednesday night, we churned out, I think, one or two podcasts. I don't even remember what it was. My, my brain is so fried at this point. I'm at Radio Row. We have a nice dinner. I'm about to dive into The Last of Us on HBO. I get a call from my New York, New York producer extraordinaire, Stefan Anderson. And I'm like, Steph, what's up, buddy? He's like, did you see the news? I go, 
no, I haven't been on Twitter for the last two hours. What the hell just happened? He goes, Durant got traded. I'm like, whoa, to Phoenix. And it's the end of the Nets. That was a disaster. That blew up in their faces. And now Phoenix is cooking with Booker, Paul, Durant. And you know what my initial thought was, House? And I told this to Raheem the other day. As great as Durant is, as fun as that sounds on paper, I ask you, and Raheem and I gave two examples we thought of as far as a midseason trade where a guy of that stature, of that magnitude, was able to come in, just hit the ground running, and rock, 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 rock. It was Drexler. That's the one I brought up. Joining forces with Akeem Olajuwon, second Rockets title. The other one Raheem brought up, and I think it's a little different, but it's more recent at least, Rasheed Wallace going to that Piston team with all their cohesiveness and being the missing piece to get them to an NBA title. Is there enough time for Durant to kind of get the feel, get the vibe, get to where they need to be from a championship level? Because this is a tough one, man, where you're asking them to be the best player on the team and just hit the ground running right out of the gate. Yeah, so it it it's a it's a tall task, and there isn't a lot of evidence out there that that it, it it can work. I mean, you're talking about two situations over the last you know thirty thirty five years, so it's it's not like there's a long track record uh, of success with this. But uh, I I think Durant will seamlessly integrate. I mean, part of that is my faith in Monty Williams, and and the one particular vulnerability with this Suns team over the entire course of the season has been offense. They they went from being a pretty efficient offense to, you know, bottom half of the league in terms of offensive efficiency. I think Kevin Durant might um impact that a little bit. The thing that that makes me skeptical, I'm not ready to call them Western Conference champions. I'm not ready to call them uh, you know, final contenders. I'm not ready, definitely not ready to bet them in the finals. You have to you know, make a wager on will Chris Paul and Kevin Durant be healthy for six weeks? That's really what it what it comes down to, to me. The track record for those two, you know, as we approach the playoffs, we're in our our, our twenty five game sprint to the finish here now as the All Star break approaches, and they need to win games, um, you know, positionally in inside the Western Conference standings to make sure that they get home court advantage. I think they want home court advantage. I mean. This day and age, sometimes it seems like some teams don't care as much, but I think they prefer to have home court advantage. And that it's so tight between three and six that that every game is going to matter. So I expect them to try and win games, but that means mileage on on both Durant coming off of injury since January the eighth, and Chris Paul, who already had his lengthy injury this season. So you need those two guys healthy, and that's just not a wager I'm willing to make at this stage. Yeah, I totally agree with House. I think, you know, the injury risk is, is, is too big. I mean, Chris Paul hasn't stayed healthy in his prime. And now you're asking almost a 40-year-old Chris Paul to, to stay healthy. I think you're asking a lot there. Um, to me, I think the Nuggets are still the best team in the conference. But, I mean, this is intriguing. I mean, the one thing I'll say about the Suns team is they've been banged up the entire year. So a lot of their metrics are actually skewed. So we're not, we never really got to see what this Suns team could become. I mean, they had their moments, but... Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, but I'm, I'm wondering if, you know, you you lose all your, your wings, like Mikael Bridges, you lose Cam Johnson, obviously Jay Crowder didn't play. It's, I mean, you're really relying on, on Kevin Durant to stay healthy here, and I think that's, that's scary for me. Also, I think this team kind of takes a step back defensively. I mean, Durant has been solid defensively this year, but not having those other wings, I think those that's that's a huge loss. So um, I still think Nuggets, the Nuggets are the best team in the conference. Well, I like the sound of that, Raheem, clearly, because as you guys know, I am invested in Denver from the beginning of the year to win the NBA title. And, and my feelings on this have not changed. I still think they're the team to beat, especially House. You nailed this. You sent it in a text the other day. It seems like a year that's not destined for great things for the Golden State Warriors, just with so many things that have gone against them throughout, you know, the duration, the injuries, Curry now being down, this weird nature, this Gary Payton trade is very, very bizarre. House, I got to give you credit because you mentioned the idea of getting in on Phoenix before the Durant trade. If I had that number with Phoenix, 
I'd say, okay, I, I feel good about it. It's, it, it's, it's properly priced. I, I got good value. I, I can work with this. There's no value now to me in taking Phoenix to win the title, win the Western Conference. There were, if anything here, for a team that is putting it together, that's kind of trying to do a shotgun winning over the final 20-something games, I, I want no part of this. As talented as they may be, I just think they're way too overvalued. Yeah, I, I absolutely share your point of view. I think it is uh, a, a two-team race, and this may, might sound surprising. The two teams, uh, to me, are Denver and Dallas. I, I really Dallas. think that's... I really think really? that this Dallas team now wow. not they, they 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 lost last night. You know, um, um, they lost tw- both of the games so far. That Doncic could they get it? By the way, house I was watching. I saw the end of that game. Yeah. Could they get a shot off in the final five seconds? Like, what is Kyrie doing there at the end of the game? Put up a those freaking two shot, guys. Dude. Those two guys, right? But look, yeah. that, that's what happens in February. They defer to each other. I I think they could figure it out, and they might go. On a run, they are going to be abysmal defensively, but it might not matter, right? If they catch the right position, again, these West Coast standings are going to be insane. If they catch the right spot and the right matchups, I really, the only team I feel like they flat out cannot beat under any circumstances is Denver. Every other team I think Dallas matches up fine with. So that that would be, you know, in, in terms of, of a potential investment in the Western Co- uh, Conference uh, winner. I already have my ticket on, on Phoenix at the higher odds just because of the speculative nature of, of what that was going to happen with the Nets. Um, and and but I, I believe in Dallas more than I believe in Phoenix. To be honest with you, I did not ex- I did not expect House to say this, but um, you know, like I kind of agree. I mean, I, I'm not sure if they're better than Phoenix, but you know, when you have this team with Kyrie and and and, and Luca, and you have all these shooters around, I just think you're scary offensively. And the one thing that we're seeing in today's NBA, that it's a make-or-miss league more than any other time. And if you can outshoot the competition, I mean, you're going to be there. So I do think the market is kind of undervaluing Dallas um, just because, I mean, we've seen it. I mean, look at Luca. I mean, he's been a tough out in every every postseason. And now you give him a guy in, in Kyrie Irving now – I obviously would have liked the Mavericks a little bit more if they didn't have to give up Dorian Finney-Smith, who was probably their best wing defender. But, I mean, I think this team is going to be a scary out, um, even with the defensive issues. You know, that's a good point on Luka. Every time this dude has been in the postseason, he has just balled out. I mean, last year, getting that team to the Western Conference Finals. Now, you look back on that team house, and I watched them last night again. Man, how good is Jalen Brunson? I mean, and now... I understand Kyrie comes in and can play that Jalen Brunson role to a different degree. He's more talented, obviously. He's going to provide a different skill set. But that's kind of the blueprint that they had cooking and that they had working with last year. Um, That two-headed monster at guard. I just don't think it's enough. Like, you want to tell me they're a good number play? Get them at 16 or 17 to 1 and get them to a conference final? I could see that. I can't see Dallas. Could you see Dallas winning the whole thing? I'd be shocked. Shocked. Yeah, no no chance. And and uh, let me be very, very, extremely, highly, very clear here. Because I know the podfather is going to listen. And the first thing we'll do is get a text like, House, you are the dumbest son of a bitch on planet Earth. I can't believe that you said uh, on a podcast that you think a team with Kyrie Irving is going to go far. I want to be very clear. Yeah. He has the potential to sabotage at any moment, at any point in time between now and and you know into the playoffs. I do not trust Kyrie at all. All I'm acknowledging and recognizing is precisely the point that the dream made, which is they're they're not getting they're a little undervalued. That that's the interest in it for me and because of how competitive the the West is. I do think that there's a, a a pathway for them. That's all. But look, man, in Kyrie, we do not trust. In Kyrie, we do not trust. I like that. The one thing I will say, um, you know, JJ said, um, can they win the, the the finals? I think it's pretty clear that the East is winning the finals. And I think it's pretty much, I mean, unless, unless, unless it's the Nuggets. I mean, I think the Nuggets can, you know, they can challenge 
anyone from the East, but I think the East is where it's at. I mean, you got the Bucs, you got the Bucs are on a roll right now. Obviously, the Celtics, I think those two teams are the cream of the crop in the East. Um, I think there's paths for the Cavs to actually put things together. I think they're first in SRS right now. So um they're making a nice little run. But I think um if you if you take any of those top teams in the East and, and put them against anybody in the West, I think the East is gonna win outside of maybe Denver. I think that's the only team that really has a shot to beat one of those teams. Well the odds market Accentuate that. Boston's plus 270. Milwaukee's plus 410. Raheem, any thoughts? Cleveland 30 to 1? I I, I kind of like Cleveland. I think, you know, like to me, they have pretty much everything outside of wings. Um, I'm not really a big fan of Karras, um, but if he can just, you know, go out there and defend, they don't need him to score. I mean, the one thing I will always say is that Donovan Mitchell is like, I think he's the seventh highest, he has the seventh highest playoff scoring average. I mean, I think it's it's Michael Jordan, it's Kevin Durant, Allen Iverson, Luka, LeBron, Kevin Durant. That's the only scorers who have scored more than him in, in the playoffs. So, I mean, Donovan Mitchell is big time. And you put him in, in conjunction with Darius Garland, um, Evan Mobley, I think this, there's paths for this team to, you know, make it out the East if they play, if depending on who they play. No, I don't have any reason to, 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 to disagree with that. We'll come back, set the stage for Tuesday. Some NBA plays, TNT Tuesday. Maybe an ACC Tuesday night Valentine's special. I do have it eyed up. Uh, and maybe near and dear to my heart. No pun intended. We'll wrap it up with a bang next. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, before we get to some plays, House, Zion's hurt again. Oh. Stunning. Oh. oh, how stunning is that? You know, it's one of those narratives now in the NBA. It becomes such a bummer, but it's like the least surprising bummer imaginable. Like, it's almost in many ways like a ticking time bomb in a different way than Kyrie because you just know that body at some point is going to betray Zion Williamson. That's just all there is to it. I hate it. You know, for a minute there, and I went on the Bill Simmons podcast and said so, I thought there was a legit argument to be made that if you were doing franchise building, that Zion and Luca were it were in a, it was a tight race, you know? And that 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 whole thing is so far in our rearview mirror. It's just a shame. The dude is a is a specimen and to his credit, he got himself in 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 terrific shape. I mean, there was a maturation that we kind of been waiting for. And I was very bullish on them. I mean, I'm going to have to figure out how to hedge some of these Pelicans tickets. I have them at 44 wins this season. I need them to get to 44. And I, it's it's going to be nip and tuck. Like every single game matters uh, here on out. So I'm going to have to hedge that sucker a little bit. But they were one of my favorite teams because of that defensive identity. One thing that uh, I'm disappointed in with that team um, I'm glad that Brandon Ingram is, is healthy. I'd I'd like him. I think let me put this. Uh, I want to use a euphemism. I want to be polite about this. I'd like to see his focus. It seems like sometimes he doesn't have the level of of focus, the level of energy. It seems like he might be in a mellow state, a little too much for 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 my liking. I'll just I'll just leave it at, at that. I don't see the tenacity. It feels like he's just in a little bit of a chill mode, a little too much. That that's that's the the issue with with New Orleans now, and the reason that I'm I'm especially concerned about my tickets. I mean, I think the bottom line when it comes to New Orleans is that their best two players just haven't been able to stay on the court. I mean, they lost. They had that that stretch where they lost ten games in a row, and you know Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson weren't out there. And now that they got Brandon Ingram back. I mean, they've been playing relatively well. They had the game last night against Oklahoma City Thunder where, I mean, they were two-and-a-half-point underdogs, and they pretty much it was a wire-to-wire victory. And when Oklahoma City made a run, I mean, Brent Angle, I mean, he probably hit one of the best clutch shots that I've seen all season. I mean, with all that length, I mean, he's basically like another Kevin Durant out there. Or um, So um, 
I was really high on this Pelicans team, like like House. We we both had some some overs on that team, but I mean, if Zion can't stay healthy, it just completely limits the the ceiling of this team. So I mean, it's really tragic to see. I mean, I think Zion got hurt during that second Philly game in December. Um, and having that setback, it's just, I mean, it's just rough. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But I think, you know, if Zion's healthy for the playoffs, they're a tough out because, I mean, offensively, I, I don't know how you deal with, I mean, there's not too many people built to, to deal with Zion and deal with Brandon Ingram. And one narrative on New Orleans, their money at home, they're terrible on the road. I mean, they are terrible, terrible on the road. And the race now in that Western Conference from four all the way down to the playing house. I mean, you're talking about teams that are separated by like two or three games. A lot of meaningful basketball coming up over the next couple of weeks. Um, and, and listen, you would think the teams right now, like Phoenix, they're going to get better. They're getting Kevin Durant at some point. Dallas, say what you want about Irving. Like, talent-wise, they are better. That should put them in a better position. Let's put it this way. Who is most likely to fall out? Sack, Phoenix, Dallas, Clippers. Out of those four. To, to me, it's the Clippers. I mean, I, I you know, we, we still, we looked at this month of, of February as a month where there were no back-to-back games for the Clippers and, and, and still Kawhi sitting out. Kawhi, Kawhi had a game, uh, I think, Friday that, that, he, that he sat out. I, I just don't think that you can chemistry-wise, and then they've been, you know, trying this experiment all, all season long. I mean, there, there, there's a reason that they're only three games above 500 with the, the talent. Their, their differential is they're at zero point zero differential with the amount of talent that they amassed, with the depth that they amassed. And I felt like, I guess, on balance, the moves that they made at the trade trade deadline are net positive, but they're not really moving the needle as far as I'm concerned. Plus, the rumors of them wanting uh, Russell Westbrook, uh, and they're going to recruit him in uh, as a signee once he gets bought out like okay good good luck with that you know great track record for that dude so the clippers are the one that for, for me it's easy to fade yeah I, i'm never going to understand why you have so many all nba and ho- future hall of fame caliber players who still think russell westbrook should be their starting point guard it's i mean it's one of the most no, fascinating exactly. things in the world it's a hard pass it's a hard pass man it is truly amazing true and, and, and some great Talent like LeBron James thinking it's a good idea to bring him to his team. LeBron, the player, amazing. Record setting. Superhuman. LeBron, the GM? Yeah, not so much. Not so much. All right, boys, Tuesday night picks. Raheem, we have a, a Tuesday slate in the NBA. We have a lot of college basketball I have my eyes on. You know, to the hearts of all the, the, the boys and girls, the men and women out there. We got to deliver some winners on Valentine's Day, Raheem. Boston-Milwaukee, you want to talk about a game that's got... What What is Boston have everybody and their mother out with Milwaukee favored by eight and a half? That's got to be the reason for that line, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you pretty much have everybody questionable. Obviously, Jalen Brown is still out. But, I mean, right now, I mean, like, you're looking at Jason Tatum game time decision. You, I mean, Marcus Smart's still out. Robert Williams is game time decision. Grant Williams game time decision. I mean, it's, this just feels like a game where, um, I mean... the. The Celtics, they just go into the all-star break. They're trying to keep everybody healthy. And then right now, the Bucs are absolutely rolling right now. So there's a reason why that line is 10. I think you see a lot of points in this one, to be honest with you. I, I could see, I mean, the under has c- come down from like 27. I'm 227 to about 225. But I think I think you could p- safely play the over just because I don't think there's going to be a lot of defense here. I like Sacramento tonight, House, against Phoenix. Uh, I've seen that line move from three and a half to two and a half. Everyone wants to get on board with Phoenix. They're still waiting on Kevin Durant. Uh, I still think it's an opportunity to go and maybe get a little value with the Sacramento Kings. In the NBA, that's my play tonight. Kings plus two and a half. Damn, I'm actually on the opposite end of you. I like the Suns in this I, matchup. A little heads up, a little heads up. I'm due to get you, man. Sooner or later, I'm going to start hitting. <laughs> I mean, sooner or later. It's a matter of time. It's been a rough January. What can I say? I, I like the Suns in this matchup just because, because I feel like the Suns, their metrics are skewed just based on the fact that they haven't been healthy. With the injuries. Um, I get that. I get that. Yeah. So, and then the one thing about this Suns team is that they take care of business at home. They're 19 at nine at home. So, um, when you look at this Kings team, 
defensively. I, I just think they're a bit of a mess. I think the last two weeks, they're giving up 120 points per hundred possessions. Um, I think this is a game where, I mean, Kevin Durant isn't going to be playing, but he will be on the bench. Um, and this is the first time we've had Chris Paul and Devin Booker back for a while. They've had three days off in between after their, their, like, their long um, road stand. So I just think it's a good spot for the Suns. JJ, I, I already had a parley put together that had the Suns in it. It was the Sun minus two and a half. Uh, wow. With, with, okay. I see how Portland it is. On the money line. Well, <laughs> just because, look, Dream made a, a beautiful, articulate case. I just saw something that's a one possession game at home for Phoenix. And to me, I don't need to, like, you know, go into the depth. The Dream is, is a technician. So I let the man go ahead and do his analytical work. Uh, and it, it convinces me even more. But I just like the idea that like every game matters for, for both teams, but especially for Phoenix because they know what's at stake. They know with with Durant, you know, right around the corner, got to got to take care of home court. The other leg of my two leg parlay, JJ, Portland Trailblazers at home against my, my Washington dream team. But playing playing Tommy Shepard has the, the Wizards properly positioned second game off of back to back. This is going to be an. L for the Washington basketball team. Boys, I got two in college basketball I love. They are system plays, Raheem. Ranked team against a team at home. I'm going with the team at home in both instances. Give me the Qs, my alma mater. Pick them against ranked NC State. The other one I like is Oklahoma, who's pick them against the number 12 team in the country, Boomer Sooner and Syracuse. Two system plays, two lines that are a little funky. That's what I'm rolling in college basketball. I got you on board, Raheem? I think you got me on board. I mean, like, I haven't watched too much college basketball, but I've seen Kansas really struggle. I mean, like, I, I remember them being like a powerhouse at the start of the year. Now it's just like every time I turn on the TV, they're, they're taking big losses. So I do like that one. Um, I don't really have any opinion on the Syracuse one. Uh, I think I'm just going to trail you. It's Valentine's um, Day, house near and dear to my heart. Come on, they can't betray me on Valentine's Day. We're just going to show you love, JJ. I, I'll trust you. I don't trust Kyrie, but I trust JJ when it comes to college basketball. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Well, let's hope. <laughs> let's hope college basketball in the month of February and March economy. We'll have an SGP on FanDuel. Good job by the War Gone Warrior, Raheem House. Talk before, to you, boys. Before, Later. before we go, I, I like the Toronto Raptors. I mean, excuse me, not Toronto Raptors. I like the Orlando Magic plus seven. My model makes this game five. Um, the Raptors, they didn't trade anybody. Um, you know, Masai, I, I love him to death. Um, we made a lot of money off the Toronto Raptors in the NBA Finals in 2019. But this team is dead as fried chicken. I mean, he's that fantasy football owner who just constantly overvalues his players and, you know, just ends up not making a move. Um, so I, I just think this Raptors team, they shouldn't be laying se seven to anybody already. So I like the Orlando Magic plus seven tonight. A parting gift from Raheem. Boys are out. We'll chat next week. Actually, lies. We'll chat Friday, NBA, All-Star Weekend, props extravaganza. See them, boys.